0: You're listening to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast. This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was sponsored by The Curious Lounge in Reading and Ticket Pass, the ethical ticketing company. Hi everybody, Tom Canning here with a special edition of the Berkshire Football Stories podcast. I am joined today by Shay Bottomley. He is the petition lead for the Move Us or Lose Us campaign for Maidenhead United's new ground at Braywick uh, Sports Centre. Leisure Centre Sports Center. Which one is it, Shay? Uh it's Community Sports Hub. There we go. I was completely wrong on all counts. Um so that bodes well for the rest of this podcast. Um Shay is here to talk to us about his petition. Um Shay's newly returned from Canada. He's uh looking looking very cold and um in a in a lovely, lovely space in Maidenhead. Shay, how are you?
1: Uh very well, thank you, Tom. Uh yeah, good to be back in Maidenhead and uh good to be back home and uh the results on the pitch are uh, showing that as well. So uh very good to be home.
0: <laughs> yes, ever since they've I don't think they've lost since you've been home, have they?
1: Uh, not in the league, no. So yeah. uh, I think I'm banned from going away to uh, another
0: country for a while. <laughs> Especially as you're the one pioneering this um, this campaign. Can you, for, for people who are not familiar and who have been looking and seeing what's been going on at um, re- with regards to the Maiden Edge United ground move, can you tell me, uh, like, sort of why the club, first, of, first and foremost, why does the club need to move? Why can't they stay at York Road? You know, it's a historic ground. It has a it has a positive rep, I think, from every from Maidenhead fans and people who like proper grounds. Um, but I, I imagine, and I've seen, you know, a negative rep from from any sort of former professional club that comes down there. So, so why why does the club need to move? What, why um, why is all this happening?
1: So, the obviously as Maidenhead United fans, we absolutely love York Road. You know, we're so proud of our heritage and our history. But since particularly since moving up to the National League, we have found it just really isn't fit for purpose anymore. Um, we're very limited on the space that we have at York Road. Um, there's a, a development just behind canal end um recently been approved. Um, so we can't really upgrade it. Um, if we were to get promoted, um, looking like a bit of a long shot at the moment, but you, you never know. <laughs> did it, for example, um, we would have to upgrade the ground and it just wouldn't be possible uh, within the space we have at York Road another key issue for the club is that we are unable to be self-sustaining at york road so our match day revenue and from the men's and uh, uh, ladies teams um along with any transfer fees and stuff like that we get that basically is how the club makes its money so we are looking to move to Browick because it will help the club um you know it'll, it'll create facilities for residents but from a purely financial perspective from the club side It will help the club generate revenue um, and income. And that, obviously, you know, a successful football club has a a wider knock-on benefit for the town itself.
0: Um, It's it's slightly facetious, I suppose. But um, why can't you just find somewhere else?
1: Um, Well, we're looking to try and keep, um, obviously, York Road's in the heart of the town centre. And Braywick Park is about as close as you can get, really, to the town centre um it's also its official name is broke sports and recreation ground as well so it's actually designed for sporting
0: uh,
1: facilities in mind um there aren't really many other places particularly in Maidenhead itself but in terms of like the wider area we would have to start if we were to consider moving somewhere else, we'd have to start looking perhaps even outside of Maidenhead and possibly even the borough. Mm-hmm. So Browick's uh, sports recreation ground really is probably the only place that we can um feasibly move to um at this moment in time.
0: Um so there was a there was a Royal Borough of Windsor and Maidenhead Council meeting where, as far as I'm aware, this move was likely to be approved. Is that
1: fair? Uh yes. Um that was on July twenty-seventh of this year.
0: And um for, for reasons uh, that I, I suspect we don't necessarily need to go into, um, but a uh, change of council and various other bits, uh, the, the move was
1: denied. Uh, that's correct, yeah.
0: So moving swiftly on from that, um, you set up a petition um, called Move Us or Lose Us, and very quickly you, you hit 2,000 signatures. Um, how significant is 2,000? Because I suppose in the grand scheme of, uh, of petitions that possibly doesn't seem very much but but obviously to you and and what you're trying to do and um, because there's a very specific catchment area isn't there as well so yeah um it's straight it, talk, talk me through it what what does the number mean how, how big is it
1: so when we get to a certain threshold that means our petition can be debated at full council um so any, you know, they can sometimes bring petitions uh, that are below that threshold. But if you want to guarantee it, it has to be above the um, threshold. Um, to, to, you know, to put it, uh, to put it simply, um, the, the stronger the number we have, it really does show our support that we have, and I think the, the support that the council didn't realise. Um, as you mentioned as well, it's, it's obviously a small catchment area. It's, um, it's basically really make anyone in the rural borough can sign it um but obviously our focus has been um Maidonians to this point um but there's also a lot of people who are actually impacted positively by the club for example um people who might live in Slough um who you know they visit that they visit down to the um they visit the football ground um but because they're not within the Royal Borough um they their their signature won't count so It's really been about just trying to maximise the support we can get from people who are eligible to sign. Um, and obviously that includes not just men's team supporters, but ladies, uh, juniors, uh, parents of juniors, stuff like that. Um, and to get 2,000 um, has been quite remarkable, particularly in the short time frame that we achieved it as well.
0: And there is um, there is also a counter-petition. It'd be, uh, it'd be remiss of me not to mention the counter-petition, which I think according to the BBC has 700 signatures. So I guess you know we're looking at quite a considerable vote in favour of the ground move. Um, I can I can see that if there's someone listening to this this particular podcast who maybe has signed that counter petition, they possibly suspect a an air of bias. Um, we are a football podcast. We want our football clubs to do well. So if that's the case, then fair enough. Um, but but the, the counter petition, how? how seriously did you take that to start with has it surprised you and what effect has it had on um has, has it has it helped your petition in fact
1: it has actually um when the council petition was launched um it was obviously disappointing because we just wanted to really prove our case to the council and then you know there's the opposition as well um it uh, even though it has um, significantly less signatures than ours it's something that Obviously, have to take it very seriously because the people behind it um, are they're ardent campaigners. You know, they're, they're yeah. the same people who have campaigned against the um, development on the golf course, for example. Um, so, we, we have been taking it very seriously, and you do end up looking quite frequently on uh, the RBWM website of yeah. how's theirs yeah. doing, how's ours doing. The good thing, for certainly from our perspective, is that. Both petitions have seemed to slow down in terms of signatures and, and Oz is still about 1,000 ahead. Um, so they obviously, they could still get quite a few on paper uh, paper, uh, paper signatures on hard copies, um, which I'm expecting them to, so that's something we're also trying to push. So even though it does look like quite a, you know, quite a favorable advantage in our end, we still just, you know, we, we have to treat it like they're right on our heels, right on our mm. tail. Um, because they do have, I believe they've got another two months on us. Um, right. I think there's going <laughs> to January 25th, whereas ours ends uh, a week today on the twenty ah, first. Right. Okay.
0: So, um just just looking at the looking at the the bbc story it's uh, it's douglas watts who set it it set it up and he says braywick park is a valuable screen green space that provides recreation opportunities for the local community it serves as a place for families children and individuals to enjoy nature exercise and relax disposing of this land would result in the loss of vital community asset how do you respond to that
1: well, the, the land at Braywick is, the majority of the land where the proposals are for Mainland United are actually already comprised of the running track, which is in a state of disrepair. It isn't floodlit. Um, there's, uh, there's, well, there's, there's floods all over the um, uh, running track as well. Um, I was actually down there the other day and the Athletics Club are having to run around with head torches on just so they can <laughs> see where they are at night. It's It's, it's a crazy situation. Um, so that's mostly most the majority of the area that we are looking, you know, where the club's proposals will be. The rest of it is it's right next to the A308, which is not suitable for wildlife. You know, the deer deers <laughs> and uh, wildlife that <laughs> that may live on Braywick are not likely to live next to a uh, forty mile an hour dual carriageway. So it's uh, this, 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 I do see the point about g- open green space, but in reality, it's a really unused part of Braywick of which it's the club's proposals are taking up a very small portion of Braywick in that sense Mm. as well so it's you know you can't it's impossible to have build something on green space and not lose green space but it just seems that this area in particular is so suitable because it's, it's barely used, and the people that do use it are the Athletics Club who have to run around with a head torch on. So I don't really know where else, if we are going to build a new stadium in Maidenhead, where else would be um, more suitable, in my opinion.
0: So, obviously, I, I've been keeping across, as much as I can, um, some of this. And I've I've had visions of, because I've seen people talking about the running track. I've seen talk, people talking about where what happens to the running track. Is the running track going to go Um is the running track going to be incorporated into the ground? I had I I saw something that said that the the running track would be part of the stadium or part of or-, or or something like that, and I had visions in my head of the running track around the stadium. And then I remembered my my fun trips to Palmer Park in Reading, um, possibly one of the worst places I've ever had to watch football. Said maybe Croydon actually, Croydon was pretty dreadful as well. And yeah, I know you guys go to Gateshead quite a lot, which I think has its uh, has its own issues. So just talk me through what happens um to the running track because I think there's I think that's probably where a lot of the confusion lies, doesn't it?
1: Yes. So um I should just point out at this point the plan application isn't in yet. So it the there's no firm concrete set in stone of what where it should be. But the plans that I've seen on the um on the club's website they suggest you're gonna have the main football ground on one pit on one part of the um, proposed area. And then behind it, you'll have the running track with, uh, um, with a training pitch inside. Um, so that's my understanding. I think if it was something like Gates said, to be honest, you, Tom, I'd be ripping the petition up and uh, signing the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't think there's any concerns from our Forces that the running track will be outside the yeah. pitch, so to speak. It'll be outside the stadium itself.
0: Fair and and so I presume if if um if the running track becomes a w- within the running track becomes a training pitch, so I presume that would mean it would be floodlit. Uh,
1: I would guess so. Um, it it would make sense for for it. So it just could be you know it can be used all year round that way. That would be my understanding. I'm not hundred percent sure
0: um so i i suppose then what what are you what's the outcome what happens when this petition when your petition finishes and obviously you've mentioned that the other petition still has two months to run so so any is there is there a risk that any debate or any decisions based off the petition that you've been running could then be overturned two months later by the following petition or that following petition still has to reach a certain point before it can be discussed is that is that right
1: Yes, yeah, so they have to get to I believe it's a thousand is the threshold um for it, for their petition to be debated. Yeah. Um ours will be ours, like I say, ours closes on November the 21st. Um and then the council leader um very kindly has um has requested to bring it directly to cabinet um that was originally pending for november 29th of this year but we i've asked them to move that back just so that um officers at the council have time to count the signatures mm-hmm. and it can be included in the final report whether the council petition could be considered certainly in actual uh official terms in the iso council i'm not sure because they they still wouldn't have submitted their petition so to speak whereas ours would have been submitted so It probably will be a factor uh, for some, um, but there will be, you know, at least on the paper itself, there'll be a noticeable difference between official verified petition signatures and unverified signatures Mm -hmm. in case, you know, they've had signatures from outside the borough um, like we have as well.
0: So I, I, I presume, obviously, you've had uh, you've had some big support from, um, particularly former Prime Minister and Maidenhead MP Theresa May. Um, I assume you have the support of Timmy Mallet and Toby Anstis as well. I believe so. Excellent. <laughs> um, d- d- does that help? How, how does does that support? Because obviously, you know, the, the, particularly particularly Theresa May. Is that how helpful is that?
1: it's it's an interesting question because obviously when a politician does get behind um a you know a, a petition or something like that it, it can also almost get the partisan nature uh, mm. uh, that sadly comes with politics certainly um mrs may what rising the issue and um, keeps it in the public limelight and raises awareness uh, for it which Given that it's a supporter-leg position and the work um, you know, I've got supporters on side with me have been absolutely fantastic. But just keeping it in the public limelight helps, uh, you know, and the fact that she's in favor. It does help us quite a bit. Um, even with like um Tim Mallett and Tobiantis as well, you know, some very famous names, mm. it really does prove the club's mantra of United as one, because we got Celebrities that people know from the too the eighties, nineties. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't like,
0: age me, don't age me. But yeah, <laughs> early
1: nineties. So uh, Toby Antis, of course, is a Heart Radio DJ. But at the end of the day, we're all just, just Maidenhead United supporters trying to get the best for our club. So it's been not only to help in terms of the publicity, but it's actually a real motivational and confidence boosting um, aspect to it too, which is really nice
0: yeah it it's uh, if hopefully um teresa follows this the same mantra as um uh, old newspaper editors that i used to work for um who would say you know you never back you never you never put the, the brand behind a losing campaign so um i all i, I can only say that to you uh, as a as an old as an old newspaper man um, myself so um let, let's just i suppose move on to to to, to slightly other things and um, i and i guess one question i i wanted to ask and and you know, it, the, there's always the danger that that Manchester United could get relegated. Does that affect the ground move? How is that? I mean, it obviously would, but does it? Is it? Is it terminal? What What would it do to the ground to the proposal?
1: I think it's obviously. obviously you know, when the um, <laughs> when it was first announced, it was. Um, you know, the idea of the ground move was if we get into League Two, which is, you know, if you ask AFC filed in their project 2022, it's not always a good idea to have aspirations of going up, particularly when you go down the following season. Mm. I think the core principle of self-sustainability would actually be maintained, though, because it's obviously the position Movers to Lose Us. It would see that if we did go down... It would be a lot harder to get back up if we stayed at York Road because then we'd have to basically repeat all the hard work of 2016 17 mm-hmm. all over again. But we wouldn't have the sort of financial backing to be able to do that. It does, it is, it's obviously an important point because when teams do go down, sadly, sadly, so do attendances. Mm. But given that the key focus has been, certainly from the club's perspective, um, has been to keep make it self-sustainable it does I don't think it affects it as much principally but I can see why you know while it does look a bit silly a club or- <laughs> or a stadium or capacity yeah. stadium when uh we're in down in the National League South god forbid that happens
0: yeah and you've you've had quite a lot of support from from local businesses so I just want to give you an opportunity to to name some of those and, and talk about maybe what what they've said
1: yeah um we have we've had off the tap um in Maidenhead high street they've been a um or to- toby denny um brother he owns off the tap, post and motion soon the teapot cafe um he's been absolutely brilliant he's uh he's had petitions up um obviously because of some of his saturday trade comes in from the football ground uh, or the football match happening um we've had barnside motors um all the way in cookham actually so which <laughs> really proves that it's not just um not just Maidenhead businesses that are focusing in the supporting position, um, but the wider businesses as well. And Barneside Motors in particular really recognize the importance of maintaining that, um, you know, their local customers, uh, given the cook and bridge works that are ongoing until March next year. Um, we've had Inspirations, they're a painting and decorating company. Um, we visited them yesterday. Um, Andy Day is a huge supporter of the Magpies. Um, I think he's at every home game possible and again, He's got petitions, he's got hard copies in there. Um, and it's great to see all the signatures he collected. Um, I believe as well, we've got the Crawford Arms. Um, so they're, they're a little mm-hmm. bit out of town, actually, up on, up, just up the A308. Um, but it's a very, a lot of Maiden supporters go in there uh, on their way to the ground. And the fact that, theoretically, the, the ground is, where, where we to move, would actually be further away from their pub and they're still supporting it. I think really show is testament to how um, how much they firmly believe in the in the uh, ambitions as well. Um, we've also got Rad's barbers um, yeah. in uh, Maidenhead High Street. Um, brilliant bloke, Rad. Uh, he's I'm, I'm <laughs> not about to visit him yet, but um, you know it it, it's, it does go to show that there's Maidenhead businesses supporting it, even if you know I don't know how many people go for a haircut then go to a football game, but it does show that. There's a real sort of sense of community spirit, um, particularly among local businesses, um, within Maidenhead. So it's, it's been brilliant to see. And um we've got we've got um, more coming as well in the coming the uh, coming days. So I'll highlight on my social media.
0: I'd imagine if you if you want if you've got the 520 kickoff on the on TNT sports, you you get yourself a, a good trim just in case you caught on the or caught on the telly on the <laughs> telly cameras during the game. That would seem like a smart idea to me, really. Um no, um Shay, it's been really good having you on. Um, I just wanted to ask, I suppose let's let's delve into something a bit more silly. Um, in in the spirit of great comebacks of recent days. Sam Barrett is back. How excited. Best player I've ever seen play. Um how excited are you to have Sammy Boy back.
1: It's, it's only for a-, a month, I know, but it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, we have to, we have L chant um um, Sammy Bar- Barrett's magic and he's on his third spell. So he's, uh, rivaling, rivaling uh, Harry Potter here. <laughs> That's very <laughs>
0: good. That is very good. I, but I'm, I'm, I'm headline, I'm getting, I'm stealing that as a headline.
1: <laughs> but he's, um, no, it's brilliant to have Sam back, you know, he's, um, he's all one month long with us. Um, we do have a couple of players out injured, um, at the moment. So he's there. I think he's there mainly just, uh, you know, strengthen the squad a little bit. But he's clearly passionate about Maidenhead United, which I believe he's a local lad as well. I don't think he lives too far away at all. Um, So it's just fantastic. And hopefully, you know, he can get a couple of goals on the score sheet. I think he's just come back from injury himself as well. So it's good for him, good for the club. And uh, fingers crossed, um, it's a very successful month. And we can continue building on our winning ways that we've uh, enjoyed over the past few weeks.
0: Yeah, it's a maiden. never do things by halves, do they? It's always a, a block of defeats and a block of wins. That seems to be seems to be how it goes. I notice as well. You're next up. You've got another old face against you this time. Josh Kelly's pulling up a few trees at uh, Solihull moors, so that will be a tough one. He he obviously picked up a man of the match award on the telly at the yeah. weekend, so that'll be that'll be good to see him. Um, what I, I I mean, I guess aside from survival, what what are your big hopes this season?
1: Um. We we usually you know survival's the the key the key, bonus, the key uh, goal and then anything after that's a bonus as usual saying, but to be honest with you Tom I'd love an FA Trophy run I really yeah. would because when with the FA trophies, uh one of those magnificent tournaments where you go to all sorts of different grounds across the country and places that you've never been before and I think it really is quite testament to a non-league um, football and the award at the end of it is uh, Wembley. Um, so there's an old debate among the maidenhead supporters. Would you trade off a playoff, uh, a, uh, trophy final, uh, for relegation? I don't think I would. I quite like life in the National League. <laughs> but an FA trophy run, particularly with our, uh, our just bad luck in the, in the FA Cup, um, would be brilliant. If we make it to the, you know, make it all the way to quarters or something like that, just get, really keep up that momentum, both in the cup and in the league. Be brilliant, really would, but um, that's obviously the jaw's not for another couple of weeks. So uh, we'll have to see who we get first, yeah. and then uh, decide from there.
0: <laughs> um, Jay, I can't finish off without um, also just quickly congratulating um, the first Maidenhead United team in 137 years to reach an FA Cup second round. That's the Maidenhead United women's team um, who beat uh, Sutton United four um, three. That must that must make you incredibly proud as well.
1: It, it's it's brilliant, Tom. Really is. It's it's true testament because the women's football's grown so much. particularly since the um, Euros win a couple of years ago, um, but there's actually really quite a bit of interest has grow, developed in the um, women's side as well at Maidenhead. Um, we're obviously, very proud of all our teams, but just to see that the women have, you know, it's not just in the FA Cup. They've been they've been doing it for several years. They're playing at the yes. Stadium <clears throat> in Bournemouth. They are a real absolute true stables of what the club's about and we are so proud of them and I think we've got I think it's Brentford um possibly we've got in the next one or yes. Southampton
0: yeah Brentford or Southampton I believe yeah
1: which hopefully if uh we'll have to have a look at the dates but hopefully we might get a few supporters down to um to that game and uh to the ladies on because uh they're brilliant for the club and uh absolutely proud that they represent us on the pitch
0: Jay, just to finish off then, um, where can people find the petition if they want to sign? Um, I will, just in the interest of balance, include a link to the opposite um, opposition uh, petition in the notes. But where can people find your petition? Uh,
1: so if you go on rbwm.moderngov, uh, uh, I do have the link uh, here. It's rbwm.moderngov, uh, um, you'll see the petition on there. Um, alternatively, the, the route I use um, even to stay, i just type in RBWM petitions on uh, Google, and it should say current petitions and there you'll find one. Uh, you'll find several petitions, but the one you want to sign is uh, the move as a loser petition. And if you do, um, anyone can sign um, for one you're over 18 and a resident of the Royal Boer. So If you're listening to this in uh, Ascot, Windsor, Eton, and you want to help out another uh, local side, then please do, because we've only got one week left um, to gather signatures, and your support would be truly, truly appreciated.
0: Um, and Shay, just people who want to follow you and the updates that you provide, and um, where can they find you?
1: Uh, yep, the best bet is on my uh, X, uh, formerly known as Twitter account. We don't call it
0: X. We don't call it X. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> calling it X. <ex.
1: laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Yeah, my, uh, well, Twitter account is um, at, literally at Shay Bottomley, all one word. So, um, yeah, you'll, you'll find it on there. And you should see a load of petition updates. Um, I have caved in and paid for the old blue tick. But um, it, <laughs> it does help engagement, which... Uh, yeah. which has uh, been a good thing. So yeah, you'll find me on there.
0: Thanks very much for your time, Shay.
1: Lovely. Thank you very much, Tom. All the best.
0: This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Tom Canning and featured guest Shay Bottomley. The podcast is produced by Tom Canning and the music is called Space Camp by Reading-based ukulele band Rocket Kings from the album Everyday Adventures and that is available on Spotify. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads and of course at footballinberkshire.co.uk. This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was sponsored by The Curious Lounge in Reading and Ticket Pass, the ethical ticketing company.